0: Hi, I'm Asako, and I'm the owner of Divine Lashes in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and I'm today's guest announcer. You can find me on Instagram at divine underscore lashes. Cue the music! In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, this podcast was created so you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty professionals. This is the Lash Cast Podcast, and here's your host, Paul Lubbers.
1: Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. First, I want to give a big shout out and thank you to Asako from Divine Lashes in Montreal for being our guest announcer. Now, today's episode, we recorded back at LashCon in October of last year. Now, this was a session where Tusney had Dr. Warren Stout. He's been really kind of like our in-house um, consultant for all things lashes, medical and all that for the last like 12, 13 years. He's amazing. He's one of the most uh, revered doctors in this field, and he will we'll share about his details in the actual episode. And we had him come on and talk about lashes, lash allergies, and more. And we want to do this as a little preview of what our course that we're doing right now online as a webinar next Monday. We're going to have him back again. We're going to ask some questions. It won't be live, it will be pre recorded with him, but we're going to have and go into depth on a lot more of this stuff. And this session will really just break down everything. Where this Basically, session we did last con was more just a sneak peek. We're gonna go into a lot more detail and nuts and bolts for you guys, and also give you scripts and give you things that you can do protocols, best best practice protocols for you. So hopefully, if you hear this right now and you haven't signed up for the course on Monday, this will be the final straw for you. Like, okay, I get it. I really need to get this information so that you can attract all these new clients. That's really what this is about because you're losing clients right now from the allergy, and plus I think you can attract some new clients too from other slides who don't know what to do so this is really gonna be empowering and hopefully helpful episode for you i have one other quick announcement and that is we are looking for guest announcers we're down to almost none guys and i need your help to do that do you want to promote your brand your company your business and get some followers and just make and just be on our podcast come on how cool is that well okay it's cool for me and i think it would be cool for you too so hey come on Record it, video, audio, it doesn't matter, and then email it to paul at lashcastpodcast.com, and then we will get you on. I don't think I've ever turned anyone down yet. Everyone who's done it has done a great job. The script is in our notes for our podcast, so just go there, you'll see it. Read that, really simple, and you will be on our podcast. Okay, I think that's all the announcements I have. You'll see the audio, and this is a little bit different, guys. It's at the show itself at LashCons. There's background noise from the market. So if you hear that in the back, it's not just people being rude. We we had everyone on one room, so it, people would be talking in the very back to the vendors and so forth and the sponsors. So you're going to hear a little bit of that. But otherwise, I think it's not our typical audio format, but you'll get the idea. The content is solid. So hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. Let's get into it now.
0: I'm so glad to introduce Dr. Stapp to you. He has been a friend and a colleague for close to 10 years now, and we're really lucky to have him because he is an authority. I'm gonna let him explain his authority to us, but he's a friend to the lash industry. When I first started, I kept running into a, a problem that I'm sure you guys have had before, I would do somebody's lashes and a couple of times, everything would be great. They'd be loving them. They'd be referring people. And then one day after the service, they'd call me and say, Tessany, did you do anything different? Did you use a different kind of glue? And I'd say, no, why? And she'd say, well, because I'm totally swollen. It looks like I've been beaten up all night. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, come in, take a look. And I just couldn't figure it out. So um, I'd say, go to the doctor. Cause I'm thinking, is she going to go blind? I didn't know. And what happened was I'd have to take them all off because she had what well, I assumed was an allergy. It was an allergy, but I didn't know how to solve that problem for her. And I figured this is going to keep happening because it it didn't happen all the time, but it happened every now and then. And I figured I've got to find a way to solve this problem. So We were in the same area, and I know that he uh, saw a lot of the patients that I was aspiring to have as clients. He he sees a lot of Oscar nominees and winners and Nobel laureates and foreign dignitaries. I don't really see many foreign dignitaries, but I'm aspiring to that, right? So anyway, I called him and I said, hey... I need some expertise. I need some of the knowledge that you have. Can you help me figure out what's going on? And he said, sure. You know, when you've got somebody over, send them over. We'll figure out what's going on. So anyway, we're we're very lucky to have some of his expertise. And he helped me craft my allergy protocol, which we're going to share in just a minute. But um, first, I want to introduce him and ask him to explain to us, because he's an oculofacial plastic surgeon. And that's kind of fancy. It's like, well, how is that different from an ophthalmologist, an MD, and an optometrist. Aren't they all doctors? Yes.
2: What exactly do I do? And what was the training that I received in order to be able to do this? So I'm a very, very specialized plastic surgeon. My specialty is oculofacial plastic surgery. So I specialize in the eyes. Uh, Up until just a little bit ago, I was doing cosmetic eyelid surgery in my In my office, basically, my ambulatory surgery center, which is blocks from here, which is why I'm still in my scrubs. (laughs) I was running late. And I'm a full clinical professor at USC at the same time. So I teach part-time at USC, and I have my own private practice and surgery center here in Pasadena. So... My training follows a little bit of a different path than a general plastic surgeon. So you can think of me as a specialized plastic surgeon as opposed to a general plastic surgeon. My training after medical school was in internal medicine for my internship followed by specialty training in ophthalmology to be an eye surgeon. You know, the types of surgeons that do corneal transplants, cataract surgery, LASIK. I ran the LASIK Center at USC for quite some time that sort of thing. But a week after my training in ophthalmology, I was training in oculofacial plastic surgery. And I was very, very, very fortunate to get the training that I did receive. I trained at the University of Miami Bascom palmer Institute, which you've not likely heard of, but if you look in U.S. News and World Report, you'll find it. it's always the number one ranked program in the world. You know, Hopkins and Harvard and the rest of them fight over two and three, but it's always where I train.
0: And isn't that the place that accepts the most people for the, the program that you train
2: it accepts work? probably the least actually. So they accept one person every two years and intensively treat that individual. So it's incredibly specialized work and we're groomed to be the chairmans of departments. I've turned down Harvard, Mayo Clinic, all of the best places that you can imagine, mostly because I don't want to live in Minnesota and things like that. So anyway, what isn't optometrist, what is an ophthalmologist, what is a plastic surgeon, what is an oculoplastic surgeon. An optometrist is someone that goes to school, college, and then goes to optometric school, which is usually, I think, about four years. I'd have to check on that. They learn about general eye diseases and particularly how to fit contact lenses and glasses and handle some eye... Diseases, but not surgical problems. An ophthalmologist is someone that went to medical school first. We learned to deliver babies, take out appendices, you know, all of those kinds of things, fix broken bones, all of those things that your typical doctors learn, but then we specialize beyond that in surgeries of the eyes. A general plastic surgeon does general surgery for a while, you know, taking out people's gallbladders, that sort of thing, and then goes on and trains in plastic surgery of head to toe, basically, breast augmentation, tummy tucks, hand reconstruction, some facial procedures, all kinds of things. So they kind of learn a little bit of everything. An oculofacial plastic surgeon like me learns all about the eyes first and then goes on directly to spend... 2 years in learning about the plastic surgery of this very specialized area so our training is extremely detailed and extremely intensive for that region but on the other hand I don't do breast augmentation and tummy tucks all I do are eyes this morning I was doing eyes tomorrow I'll do eyes so I have immense experience and training in eyelids which is why Tussini asked me to be here today.
0: No, I'm just teasing about they accept the most. I knew no, that just, they did. I, I just wanted to explain how how unique of an authority he is. Right. So it's kind of like the buck stops here, right? So we hear a lot of things on those chat rooms and like, you know, what can I do to prevent the allergy? I've even heard it said, oh, take Pepto-Bismol, that kind of thing. And that's not helping any of us, right? Because she yeah. still gets the allergy. She's like, I took the Pepto-Bismol and it didn't do anything, Right. Okay, so I want to share with you the protocol that we came up with on the allergy. And we could talk about that. There's questions that we're going to get to as well. So this is what I say to every single client that walks through the door, even if they've had lashes from somewhere else for years. And this is what I trained my staff to do. Okay, so this is what I said. I would say to them, hi, I'm glad you want lash extensions. We need to talk about the possibility of developing an allergy okay? Now, 5% of the population will have an allergy. It's just that we won't know if you're allergic until your third exposure, okay? So basically, you're going to try to figure out how many times have they had extensions before. If it was like, I had it twice, but it was years ago, then the next time, or when they're right there with you, that's the third time, we're going to know that you're allergic tomorrow, basically. Because what it looks like, if you are allergic, about 24 hours after the service, you'll wake up, and both eyes will be swollen and puffy more than crying all night if you have to say do i do i have it you probably don't have it you will know right the eye generally is quiet it's not really oozing although the client might tell you it's really oozing but the eye it's puffy okay now you say to them if that's you if you have those swollen eyelids it's a very easy fix but you have to see a doctor, okay? It can be any doctor. It can be a specialist like Dr. Stout, or it can be urgent care. But you're going to tell that doctor two things. I want you to write this down, you guys, okay? The first thing is, doctor, I may have contact dermatitis, okay? Contact dermatitis. Because that clues the doctor into what's going on, especially if they don't know, like an emergency room uh, doctor. And the second thing you're going to say is, can I have a prescription for dexamethasone? Okay. Dex, D-E-X-A, meth, like the drug, (laughs) a zone with an S, S S-O-N-E. Dexamethasone is a steroid. It is safe for the eye area. You don't want to recommend that they use an over-the-counter steroid like hydrocortisone. One of the reasons why is because it's not safe for the eye area. It causes cataracts. So you're going to get that ointment, and you're going to put it on your, eye li- uh, your lid like eyeliner, just like eyeliner, and it's going to take that inflammation away starting to about 50% the first day. You might have to use it a couple days for the swelling to completely come down, but this way you can keep the extensions, all right? Now, if you have the allergy, now I know there's some in the room that do have the allergy, the good news is you can keep the extensions, and this is how you do it. The night before your service, you put the medication on. If you forget, no big deal. Once we we do the service, and once we're finished, while you're laying on the table, we're gonna wash your eyelids really well with the OcuSoft cleanser. So you put that on there, you cleanse it, and you rinse it with saline. And then, if you bring the medication with you, the Lush Artist, we can put it on for you. If you forgot it at home, just put it on yourself when you get home. That will prevent the swelling from happening altogether. Now you may have to use it for a couple of days, but you're not using it for the whole month. And that is how people can keep the lashes with the allergy. And I've had many people for 10 years with the allergy that have come in to to get their lashes. Okay. So that is our protocol. It works really well. You have to have this conversation with every single person because generally we see it on the third or fourth exposure, but we all know that allergies can happen at any time. So even after like seven years, something can go along and it just trips their immune system and all of a sudden their body doesn't like it anymore. So now I wanted to ask you, we can go a little bit deeper into this. You advised me that why is it better to, to put the medication on the dexamethasone instead of removing it with the solvent when their eyes are swollen and puffy already? Can you-
2: okay, so the question is basically what to do when the patient or your client, I'll probably slip and say patient most of the time because that's how I think of them, but when your clients call the next day, hopefully, or hopefully not in the middle of the night, kind of in a panic of one sort or another, and their eyelids are swollen and itchy, and as Tussini said, if they're not sure it's happening, it's not happening because the symptoms, as you probably have all experienced, are pretty pronounced. So what do you do then? Well, first of all, you're not their doctor, I'm not their doctor, but I'll tell you what I do and what I would tell for my own patients, basically. And what you want to do is educate your clients to all of this. Doctors are taught to take what they call, do what they call an adequate history, an appropriate history, and a physical exam and then base their conclusions upon those two things. So infectious disease specialists are taught to ask their patients, have you been traveling at all? Whereas your normal, probably obstetrician wouldn't ask that question, but it's important to an infectious disease person to see if someone has been in an area that might have dengue fever or Zika or something like that, and without that bit of knowledge, they won't be clued in. So the history that you want your clients to immediately give that doctor is that they had their eyelash extensions placed a day or two before. That will clue them in immediately that it may be related. I mean, it's obviously related. They're coming in with red, itchy, swollen eyelid margins, and they had something done with them. The problem, as Tuscany said, is contact dermatitis. Contact dermatitis, for those of you that don't know, is an allergy due to contact with a substance that they are allergic to, which causes the skin to get inflamed, which is the derm, itis, right? Itis means inflammation, derm means skin. So all of these big, you know, fancy words are often broken down into very simple explanations. So they tell the doctor, urgent care, optometrist, their ophthalmologist, whomever, the history that they've had. Eyelash extensions placed, and now their eyelid margins are swollen, itchy, and and all of the things that you've all heard. They may not know exactly what to do, okay? The classic treatment for contact dermatitis is to remove, you know, get rid of the contact of the allergen, the thing that they're allergic to, and then treat the inflammation with an anti inflammatory. It's inflamed, so use an anti inflammatory, right? The best anti-inflammatory for the eyelids at this point is topical dexamethasone, as Tussini said. One of the key things that they may not know is that you really don't have to remove the eyelash extensions. They may not know that that is not the allergen. Typically,
0: the allergen... Did you hear that? Hang on a second. Did you hear that? That is not the allergen. Not the cyanoacryl. It's not the allergen. Okay. Can you elaborate? I just had to interrupt.
2: They, that's like well, that's, flash, quick, right? that's the key thing that's the mistake they may make okay They'll see the lids are red and swollen and itchy. It's clearly a contact dermatitis. You'll have told them they just had the eyelash extensions placed. So their first instinct is to get rid of the eyelash extensions, because that clearly is what caused it. And it did. But it wasn't the actual cyanoacrylic acid, the glue. It's typically the solvent that the glue used to set up with. And that solvent, by the time you see the doctor, is usually long gone. So there's really not a need to take off your lashes. So by telling them the history and if they could clue them into the fact that the lash extensions don't necessarily need to be removed because it was the solvent itself, so the allergen is long gone, and they just need to be helped through this very temporary time period. So by... Having them just put the decadron ophthalmic ointment on the eyelid margins with the allergen already gone, that's all they need to do in terms of getting rid of this. And it's usually gone in two or three days. There's a couple of caveats. If you could, the doctor should tell their patient, and if you could remind your client that there's a certain percentage of our general population that steroids in the eye are very, very bad and can cause glaucoma and cataracts. Three days won't do it. A week won't even do it. But you don't want the pitfall of your client patients getting a hold of the dexamethasone ointment and then just using it daily for a long time. That will cause really blinding complications. So... They need to use it. You don't need to remove the eyelash extensions, but they need to just have a a short pulse of a matter of days to do it.
0: So the thing is, is if they don't seek treatment that swelling will eventually go down on its own. It's about 7 to 10 days. They'll be swollen, and it gets worse, and then it gradually gets better. And then they have the extension still because they haven't taken them off, but there's no more swelling. So sometimes people are thinking, well, maybe that was just some freakish thing that happened, and I don't know what that is, but I'm going to go get my lashes done again. The next time they have it, it's going to happen again. But the point I want to make here is that they weren't showing with the swelling That they had the allergy, but yet they still had the extensions on. It's not the glue, right? That glue is waterproof. It's hard. It's inert. It's not reacting with anything anymore. What they were reacting to was the solvent. It's the particle. Like when the glue is in the bottle, the glue, the sticky parts are held together with a a liquid solvent, That solvent is a byproduct. As soon as the the lash is cured, it kind of dries up. But on some people, it's super irritating. That's what they are allergic to. So it really doesn't matter how high or how low you place that lash. Because even if you place it a millimeter away from the base of the skin, the solvent still travels down. It still wicks down and causes that inflammation. So this is one of the key reasons why I always recommend that you wash the lashes immediately. Now, I know that goes against the industry religion about don't get them wet for 48 hours, but it's in our client's best interest if they are going to be potentially allergic to that solvent to get rid of it. The reason why the swelling dissipates over 10 days is because that solvent is binding with the water, it's shedding with the dead skin cells, and it's dissipating gradually. So, it's not the glue. The glue can't be reactivated when they wash their face. So that's why you don't need to tell your clients to wait 48 hours. It's not affecting the glue. All right. You want them to wash their lashes because it's the best thing for their eyes. If they're going to be allergic, it's going to help to dissipate anything. That's a little download on that. I do want to get to a couple of things that we all have questions about. So just quickly, if we tell our clients, just take a Zyrtec or an antihistamine before you come in, will that prevent the allergy?
2: You know, that'll help, actually. And so what we've worked out in the past, just based upon our experience with Tusney's patients, is they'll come in, I'll help them with this problem, and then the obvious question comes, can I have my eyelash extensions placed again, or am I done? And they're not done, but what I do is I start them out a protocol. I'll have them take an antihistamine the day before and get that into their system. I'll tell them to take the Decadron and apply it the day before they have the lashes placed so that it's already in their system and they're prepared for the solvent hitting it and prevent the allergic response. So I'll have them take the antihistamine the day before and the day of. I'll have them put the Decadron ointment at the base of their lashes the day before and the day of. And then uh, she always does this, but just in case you don't, then I'll, I'll make sure that the patient really cleans their eyelashes very thoroughly immediately after the application. So that gets rid of the allergen, the thing that they're allergic to, before they even leave the office and then apply the Decadron at that point as well. Then they can just stop it the next day and see if that's good enough. So they figure out a way of preloading the skin and their body with the antihistamine steroid and using it as a preventative treatment to prevent the allergy from occurring. There's going to be somebody that gets so allergic that none of this stuff works. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you don't want to keep pushing it. But what we've found is that most people aren't allergic to it, and the majority of the people that are allergic to it, we can manage prophylactically with this regimen.
0: Okay, so two things. If they don't have the steroid, but they just say, I'm just going to take a Zyrtec, is that, is it going to prevent the swelling?
2: If the allergy is a really mild allergy, yes. But what happens is that nobody is allergic to something the first time they're exposed to it. The first shot of penicillin never killed anybody. The first time you got into poison oak, it didn't bother you. You acquire these allergies, and the allergies can be minimal to near fatal, not from this. So for the ones that have a very minimal allergy, just getting them to take the Zyrtec or even Benadryl the night before it makes you sleepy um, may be enough. It's almost like not a bad idea, period, anyway. Right. But
0: I usually don't say that because in the beginning I did, and it w- every time they'd still have an inflammation. Yeah. Um, we, I've just found with the uh, dexamethasone that it's amazing. Now, you, you use Decadron. Is it the same thing as dexamethasone? It's essentially
2: the same thing. There's lots of different steroids with different strengths And dexamethasone and decadron are essentially the same thing. Why we keep saying that particular one is because most topical steroids, as Tustany alluded to a minute ago, you cannot get in the eye. You can't go to the pharmacy and get 1% hydrocortisone and use it on your eyelids because, like sunscreen or anything else, it's going to eventually get in there. And the vehicle, not the steroid itself, but the stuff that it's mixed with is not designed to go into the eye. It's not an ophthalmic prep. Okay. Plus, it's not very strong.
0: So can you explain how something so toxic can be safe for the eye? I'm talking about the glue.
2: Right. And you would think, my God, super glue in my eye, for God's sakes. I've actually seen that many times. People have accidentally placed it in their eye. I actually have put it in people's eyes deliberately years ago. Right now, there's something called Uh, cyanoacrylic tissue adhesive we now use it for instead of sutures on the skin um, ophthalmologists use it to suture the eyeballs now I think I might have been one of the first people that did that when I was a resident on call the county hospital all we had all night long were LA knife and gun club right so gunshot wounds in the face all the time not stabbings that kind of thing I'm watching the time sometimes under the microscope you literally could not repair an eyeball that had been blown apart And I would literally take crazy glue, I have nothing to lose, the patient was going to lose the eye otherwise, and start using that to repair it. And we found that, in fact, the patient tolerated it very well. Once that glue sets up, it's incredibly inert, and it doesn't leach these toxins into the tears and into the eye itself. You would think, just like I would hesitate to drink water out of a plastic bottle that's been sitting in my car for a month, you know, you'd worry about all that, or the bis in a can of soup. But the stuff is so inert, once it sets up, it's really quite safe.
0: Isn't that a relief, you guys? Isn't that... Yes, right? Okay. It's
2: now sold with a different name at very high prices to doctors, but it's just crazy glue. I mean, they haven't changed the formulation yeah. at all, so So anyway.
0: one of the cool things he told me is is that because it's got all the... It, well, it looks so toxic, but nothing can grow in it. So yeah. it's not like it can harbor bacteria that we could... When we touch the eye, it can cause an infection. That's not a possibility.
2: They have measured the infection rate between actually using sutures on the eye and crazy glue, basically. And there's less infection with the glue because, as Tusney said, when it's still liquid, it's so unbelievably toxic that no bacteria can grow in it. And once it sets up, it's not causing any problems afterwards. Awesome. Um,
0: We've heard about protective creams um, that can be applied to the skin to prevent allergies and sensitivities. Will those work with eyelash extensions, at preventing the allergy?
2: It won't prevent the allergy, but it actually makes some sense because it's acting as a barrier between the skin and the solvent. So it actually is is a good idea if there's a technique that you can use to to put that barrier there because the barrier prevents the contact of the contact dermatitis. It doesn't change the person from being allergic, but it keeps the allergen from being in contact with the skin.
0: But isn't there something in the adhesive that cuts right through the barrier cream and causes it? Yeah,
2: a solvent is a solvent is a solvent. And a solvent's purpose is to dissolve, right? Solvents dissolve things. That's what it's all about. So the barriers, while they're a good idea, they may not be 100% effective. And only you would know whether... You're making a big mess and causing other problems or not, but just on a theoretical basis. They should help some, but I don't know exactly how much. So
0: on a practical level, you can use a barrier cream to help prevent sensitivity. You know, if the skin is irritated, that'll be kind of soothing. And most people will put a barrier cream on the eyelid, but we all know that the eyelashes don't grow out of the eyelid. They grow in the margin. If you wanted to protect the margin of the eye, you'd have to get someone a micro swab and put it right at the base of the lashes where, you know, all the gunk gets in there and they leave the makeup. That's not what we're going to do. We're not going to put a barrier cream right where we're trying to clean. Okay. And like you said, the glue cuts through the solvent and the adhesive will cut through and it won't necessarily prevent somebody from getting an allergy. So while it's good for sensitive people, it's not going to be enough to prevent that allergy. All right. Now I've got a good one here. Can you tell me um, how many times in your career that you have seen or treated patients with um, seasonal eyelash shedding, their lashes coming out in the fall.
2: So Tussie asked me this some time ago about the shedding of eyelashes seasonally at least in the northern hemisphere versus the southern hemisphere and I actually did uh, literature searches before running over here and because I'd never heard of a seasonal fallout of eyelashes in any of my training and I've had the best training in the world. I've taught at universities, I've read all of our literature all of my life I asked other people when she asked me, and not once, ever, never, zero, have I ever read nor actually seen a patient where this occurred. Nor does anyone I know have that, have had that experience. Wait a
0: minute. So when you were. Teaching, I mean, at county and all the times that you were a resident, you never saw people coming to the hospital. Never. Nor in thirty years of private
2: practice. And I just read a research article before coming over here, went through it that reviewed the entire body of literature on eyelashes and eyelids, hundreds of articles. Not mentioned any of them. I did find it being mentioned, sort of in the lay literature, kind of like urban myth kind of level of these things, but it doesn't really happen. And we've asked dermatologists as well if they've ever seen it, because they deal with hair and that sort of okay. thing. So,
0: so um, it's yeah. not a,
2: not. Yeah. So it's it's about. not
0: really a thing. I mean, I think it's a thing because we think it's a thing as an industry, and we tell our patients what to look for. We're always looking for an op- a reason why the lashes could be shedding, and it seems like it makes sense, right? But I think we can sometimes see things that are reinforce things uh, that we want to see, right? So it's not about the seasonal fall shed because it's not really happening. It can be about other things. I would say most likely retention. But let's go on to another thing. This is something that will increase everybody's ability to deliver a safe service. And that is the value of having a bottle of saline solution at your station every time you do lashes. The big reason why you want to do this is for, well, like I said, about cleaning the lashes after the service because you're cutting down the possibility of developing that allergy. But also for rinsing out foreign bodies in the eye. That's pretty much... You know, something that would send our clients to the doctor is if something gets in their eye after the service and they're just like, oh my gosh, I can't get rid of it. So why, Dr. Stout, is it better to use um, saline instead of um, distilled water?
2: Okay. As you know, we are mostly water, basically. We're mostly salt water. And you probably know that Seawater fish can't live in fresh water, and freshwater fish can't live in seawater. There's a certain characteristic to water that is specific for that type of life form. We live in salt water. We carry our salt water with us. So our blood is salty. Our tears are salty. So the cells that are on the surface of your eye live their entire life bathed in salt water. Your tears are salty. Everybody's tasted their tears at one point or another. If you put distilled water in your eye, it's actually quite toxic to it. Now, it's not terrible. You're not going to blind somebody by putting by rinsing their eye with distilled water, but it's not the best thing for it. And since you're in the eye industry, what you really want to do is have basically an eye wash with you, which is called it's isotonic. It has the same salt content as your blood or your tears. So it's preferential to be using an isotonic eye wash saline for putting in people's eyes. If it's not the salt water then probably It's just better to use the salt water. Distilled water, if you have a foreign substance in there and you're desperate, just rinse it out with anything you got, you know? But since we're not desperate and since you are setting up your... Best practices, you want to use isotonic saline or an eye wash of some sort?
0: Every saline solution that's sold, like at Target, it's an isotonic one. Okay. It says that on the label. So if you guys have questions about anything we talked about, you can reach out to me. I can ask him about it and we could talk about it on pod, uh, the podcast. We go into a deep dive on the allergy. It's on episode, Erica, which episode is it? Episode 5 of LashCast podcast, we, we talk all about this. Email us, DM us uh, with any questions. And the whole goal is to raise the level of professionalism and safety for our entire industry and for our clients. So, can we all give a thank you to Dr. Stout? All right. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you.
2: I was happy, happy to be here.
1: that wraps up this show. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed it. That was a little peek to LashCon or what we now call the Last Conference. We will have news on this very soon. We uh, Just so everyone knows, we are not going to have a live event. It's not going to be in September. It's going to be in November, and it's going to be an online event, but like nothing you've seen before, just like LashCon was very unique. The Lash Conference virtual conference is going to be super amazing, guys. Details are soon to come. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at lash Cast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Wife, Tusney and our special guest, Dr. Warren Stout, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.